Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. The Imitation of Christ by Thomas Akempis, Book 3, Chapter 6, On the Testing of a True Lover. Christ the Beloved speaks. My son, you are not yet a strong and experienced lover. How is that, Lord? Because the moment you come to the slightest obstacle, you give up what you have begun and seek for comfort with the utmost eagerness. The brave lover stands fast in temptation, gives no credit to the subtle suggestions of his enemy, the devil. When things go well with him, I am his delight. So I am still when he meets with trouble. An experienced lover heeds not so much the gift of the lover as the love of him that gave it. What he looks for is affection, not money. His beloved is higher in his eyes than any gift. A noble lover does not rest content with a gift. He desires me rather than any gift I can make him. All is not lost, therefore. If you sometimes feel less love for me or my saints than you would like to, that good, sweet feeling you are aware of now and then is brought, that good, sweet feeling you are aware of now and then is brought about by my grace working in you at that time a kind of foretaste of your heavenly home. You must not depend too much upon it, though. It is a thing that comes and goes. What is a sure sign of virtue and of great merit is to fight against evil stirrings of the mind when they rise and to treat with contempt the suggestions of the devil. You must not be disturbed, then, by fancies foreign to your real self, whatever it may be that causes them. Keep bravely to your resolutions. Hold on to your good intent towards God. It is no illusion if sometimes you are suddenly caught up in ecstasy and immediately return to the usual frivolities and thoughts that crowd your heart. Such thoughts you put up with rather than encourage. And so long as you find them distasteful and struggle against them, you may count them as gain and not as loss. You know the devil, that old enemy of yours, tries by every means he can to obstruct your desire to do good and to lure you away from any kind of devout exercise. Honoring the saints, for example, devout meditation upon my sufferings, profitable recalling of your sins, keeping watch over your heart and your firm resolve to advance in holiness. Many are the evil thoughts he slips into your mind to fill you with weariness and disgust, hoping so to entice you from prayer and reading good books. A humble confession is abhorrent to him, and he would make you give up communion if he could. Do not believe him, pay no attention to him, however often he spreads out his crafty nets to catch you. When he suggests evil and filthy thoughts, 
Tell him they are his, not yours. Speak to him like this. You filthy spirit, be off with you. Blush, you wretch. How utterly filthy you are, putting stuff like that in my ears. Away from me, you traitor, you monster of evil. You have no hold upon me. Jesus will be beside me. Jesus is a valiant warrior, and you will stand there confounded. I would rather die rather than undergo any kind of torment than give in to you. So keep quiet and hold your tongue. I'm not going to listen to you anymore. However often you try annoying me. The Lord is my light and my deliverance. Whom shall I to fear? Though a whole host were arrayed against me, my heart would be undaunted. God is our refuge and stronghold. Fight on like a good soldier. If you fall now and then through weakness, pluck up greater courage than before, trusting that my grace too will be more abundant. Be particularly on the watch, trusting that my grace too will be more abundant. Be particularly on the watch against foolish self-satisfaction and conceit. That is a thing that leads many people into error, sometimes making them fall into almost incurable blindness of heart. Fight on like a good soldier. If you fall now and then through weakness, pluck up greater courage than before, trusting that my grace too will be more abundant. Be particularly on the watch against foolish self-satisfaction and conceit. That is a thing that leads many people into error, sometimes making them fall into almost incurable blindness of heart. Take warning by their downfall. But the thought of these conceited fools who presumed in their own powers keep you always humble. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Angels of God, our guardians dear, to whom God's love commits us here, ever this day be at our side to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. Saint Philip Neri, gentle guide of youth, patron of thy own, vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The two foundational women in the history of the church in Canada, St. Marie of the Incarnation and Blessed Catherine of St. Augustine, who both came to Canada around 1640 and spent many years here, both of them faced things that Thomas Akempis describes in tonight's reading. Both of them faced terrible temptations. Both of them faced remarkable thoughts in their minds. Marie of the Incarnation experienced, as we've talked about before, temptations to dislike and distrust and abhor everyone who was trying to help her, particularly priests. She felt an incredible aversion to being around them, to opening herself to them. And she couldn't understand this. Her son was a priest. She was a a widow who 
later became a nun, and her son grew up and became a priest. But she faced in the new world, again, various temptations of that kind. She later faced temptations to suicide, to blasphemy. These were things that she didn't like. And that's exactly what Thomas Kempis says. Don't be troubled when the devil puts all these things in your head. He wants you to give up. And how do you know that you're not sinning? How did Maria the Incarnation know she wasn't sinning? Well, he says at the end of paragraph three, as long as you find them distasteful and struggle against them, you count them as gain, not as loss. As he says, such thoughts you put up with rather than encourage. And blessed Catherine of St. Augustine, she came to the new world when she was about 16 as a nurse. She was an incredibly pure, generous soul. And over time, as she was working in her nursing with the, in this new colony, working with all kinds of soldiers, all kinds of things, she began to experience all kinds of temptations, carnal temptations, all kinds. And she also faced incredible temptations not to go to communion. She felt such an aversion to going to communion. She longed for communion, and yet she felt convinced she shouldn't go. And she had this battle. And she was convinced by St. Jean de Brebeuf, who appeared to her and brought her communion. Now, the odd thing about this is that St. Jean de Brebeuf was dead. <laughs> he began to be her spiritual director from heaven. And the devil was doing exactly what, what Thomas Kempis talks about. He would make you give up communion if he could. And so Thomas Akimbus is telling us, on the one hand, try not to pay any attention to the devil. Don't, it doesn't matter how many crafty nets he catches, tries to set out. Go on. Don't pay attention to him. But if he puts before you filthy thoughts, nasty things, things that you don't want, it's not a sign that you're going backwards. It's not a sign that you should give up. It's not a sign that you should give in to these thoughts. It's not a sign that you're even sinning. No, there are signs of temptation. And he says, in certain cases, you just have to throw the filth right back at him. You filthy spirit, he says. Away from me. And what is our hope in the face of demonic temptations? Our hope is Jesus Christ. Now, both... Blessed Catherine of St. Augustine and St. Maria of the Incarnation. At the foundation of the church in this world, face these kind of temptations. Why? So they could grow in deep distrust of themselves. They could grow in remarkable humility. And they could sympathize with everyone else who would come along. Like mothers, spiritual mothers, they were enduring the temptations and many others that I haven't even told you about that generations of people would face. And they suffered them for us. They endured them. They carried in their own hearts the pain that their spiritual children would face. 
So let us thank the Lord tonight if he allows us some other kind of share in his cross. If he's allowing us to be tempted, if he allows things to go against us, let us not be discouraged. Let us not turn back. Let us not think that the Lord has abandoned us. Far from it. As he told another saint, St. Catherine of Siena, when she was suffering terrible thoughts in her imagination, and Jesus appeared to her, and she says, how can you be near me when I'm thinking these things? He says, you don't like these things. They're distasteful to you. They're just temptations. And anyways, I'd like to see you struggle. I'd like to see you struggle, Jesus told her, with the strength that I give you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.